there. Uh, this is Alex from editing, and there were some blips in the audio that we recorded, so in places the episode might sound a little bit disjointed or slightly awkwardly edited. I did the best that I could. Um, and also, this episode was recorded far enough in advance that we didn't have an opportunity to talk about anything that's going on in the world, but we just want you to know that, um... First of all, fuck the author, and more importantly, Black Lives Matter, and Trans Lives Matter, and Black Trans Lives Matter, and, um, we love you. Cool. On with the episode. So we had this episode <laughs> planned to be something else. Yep. We had the next couple episodes planned to be something else. We had things planned. Yes. And then we watched Scoob. Uh-huh. And now we need to talk about it. And I knew we would. You, you wanted to do Scooby-Doo months ago. Yeah, for Halloween. And I'm just like, no, we've got to wait for Scoob. Yeah. And now you know that I was right. You were right. Because dick fucking dastardly. Well, the students at Hogwarts are sorted into houses according to Whatever that shifty sorting hat says they ought to do I asked Dumbledore if I could be sorted, he said so Scooby! But I could get reported to the Ministry of Magic for incorrect procedure, you're not a wizard. And I would've gotten away with it too, if it weren't for you meddling kids and your dumb dog! Hello and welcome to Sorted! I'm Alex. I'm JD. And this is not a Harry Potter podcast, but instead a podcast about everything else viewed through the lens of Harry Potter! And today, Alex, we've got a mystery to solve. Yeah! Yeah. The mystery of what the fuck was Scoob! Mystery Incorporated! Hey, just a heads up, this is a fairly new release of a movie, and I we've said this before, but there's gonna be spoilers! Spoilers out the butt! Yeah, if you haven't seen Scoob, don't listen to this episode. Go watch Scoob, it's worth watching without spoilers. Alex? Yeah? For those who somehow don't know because they've been living in a cave since the 60s, <laughs> what is a Scooby-Doo? Scooby-Doo is a TV show about a dog and his group of teenagers. Like, it's not really even about the dog. No, it's about a group of teenagers that solve mysteries, but the mysteries are always just someone dressed up as a monster. Until the 90s when you get the direct-to-video movies where the monsters are real. Those are so goddamn yeah, good! The, the 90s movies are some of the best Scooby-Doo content, so... Witch's Ghost and Zombie Island. Cyber Chase. Cyber Chase is alright. I love Cyber Chase. I like the Alien one, too. It's not the strongest, but uh, Alien Invaders is a good time. And to be clear, that's separate from the TV show where Scooby-Doo is an alien. Yeah, I don't remember a whole lot about that one. I watched all of it, but... Like, we're here was... to comment on how buckwild Scoob is, and yet it's probably not the most buckwild Scooby-Doo media that out there. Scooby-Doo is buckwild. There was a Scooby-Doo series where Vincent Price was one of the main characters. I mean, he was called Vincent Van Gool, but it was <laughs> just Vincent Price. When we get going with this, we're gonna realize that actually everything, every media is set in the same universe. Uh-huh. I, that's what Scoob taught us. Yeah. Everything's connected. Everything is Scooby-Doo now. Maybe we'll dive a bit more into Scoob after the main characters. Scooby-Doo is a dog. Scooby-Doo is a dog. A Great Dane. Uh-huh. The greatest Dane, so <laughs> The greatest of Danes. It's not like the team's named after Scooby-Doo, though. It's just the show. The team is Mystery Incorporated. Yeah. Like, in-universe, he's not actually that big a deal. I mean, he's a dog who can kind of talk. Yeah, but 
Batman is in this world. And the Harlem Globetrotters. Unlike real life, where the Harlem Globetrotters don't exist. Sorry, I just, I... (laughs) Scooby-Doo and Futurama are in the same universe because the Harlem Globetrotters are in both. And it begins. Scooby-Doo is a coward. Yes. He's a scaredy cat, which is ironic because he's a dog. Yeah, he loves food. He loves all food. That's like his personality is that he's hungry. Comically oversized sandwiches. Yes. And he particularly loves Scooby Snacks. Scooby Snacks. Which sometimes, like, the gang invented and named after Scooby. Uh-huh. And sometimes are a brand of snack that exists in the world and Scooby's named after them. And sometimes I think it's just a coincidence. Yeah, depending on which version of Scooby-Doo you're watching. If, if you... there's so many versions of Scooby-Doo. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Like, what is and isn't Scooby-Doo canon is the greatest mystery like, of all. There was one recurring series that only had Shaggy and Scooby, where they inherited, like, his uncle's house or something that had gadgets. Oh! Or something. And then there was, like, a recent one that just had Family Guy animation. And then there's, what's a Scooby-Doo? We're coming oh, after you. Yeah. We're gonna solve that mystery. I was under the impression that What's New Scooby-Doo is in the same realm, same universe as the 90s movies. Well, here's the thing. Sometimes they're all the same world. Uh-huh. Remember the live-action Scooby-Doo? Like, I think that's my favorite Scooby-Doo. It's so good. It's very good. It's so good. So Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Scooby-Doo is a Hufflepuff. Yeah. I mean, there's no arguing. He's a coward. He's motivated by food. Yeah. He loves he his will, friends. He will do brave things for food. For food. Would you do it for a Scooby snack? That's one of the uh-uh. things. Who's Scooby <laughs> snacks? We're okay. Shaggy will also do things for Scooby snacks, despite them being dog treats. Yeah. Shaggy's like that. Do you remember how Shaggy's girlfriend in the live action movie was called Mary Jane? Uh-huh. Because it's weed. Uh-huh. And they just sit there getting the munchies over dog treats. Uh-huh. Best piece of Scooby-Doo media. There's also... The episode of Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law, where Shaggy was tried on drug charges. Oh my god. Yeah, because that, that's what that was. That was just a series where Hanna-Barbera characters get put into court for yeah. comical situations based on their characters. And Incredible. yeah, Shaggy was just high on drugs, confirmed in canon by Hanna-Barbera. It was the 60s. Sometimes. Sometimes it's the 60s. I mean, Scoob, like... Has a scene set ten years earlier that looks like it's the present day. There are podcasts. It just looks so much like it's the present day, but then they jump ten years later. It's very strange. Scooby-Doo's a Hufflepuff. Scooby-Doo's a Hufflepuff. Sometimes he's Scooby-Doo because he's named after Scooby Snacks, but sometimes his full name is Scoobert. Yes, Scoobert Dubert Doo. Sometimes his middle name is Doobie. (laughs) Which, you know... Blaze up a Doobie! Yeah, I guess. I guess if they're all... High the whole time. Oh my gosh. Also in Hufflepuff is Shaggy. Yeah, Shaggy and Scooby have the same personality. Literally the same personality. Shaggy Norville Rogers. Uh-huh. And he's the same thing. Like, there's no more to say about him. He also <laughs> is a coward who loves food. Established by Scoob is that Shaggy is a massive Harry Potter fan. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, Shaggy at 10 years old or small child age sees Velma, who's dressed up as Ruth Bader Ginsburg, because of course she is. Incredible. Which is great, by the way. Thanks, Velma. I love you. Sees Velma dressed up as Ruth Bader Ginsburg and asks it, it, if she's... Harry Potter. Is she, yeah. He's, what house is she in? Hufflepuff? is like, holy shit! A movie that's not a Harry Potter movie acknowledged Hufflepuff. A very Potter musical didn't even acknowledge Hufflepuff. <laughs> and then he hears that she's a lawyer and says, oh, Slytherin. Yeah. So it's like, thanks, Shaggy. There's our house hot take. All lawyers are Slytherin. Yeah, we don't even need a house hot take because Scoob gave one to us. 
Scoob is the gift that keeps on giving. It really is. Anyway, Shaggy is also a Hufflepuff. Yeah, there's just not much to say. They're Scooby, both cowards. Scooby and Shaggy have share one personality, one brain cell. It's it's the Hufflepuff gene. I don't know what I'm saying. I've just said a bunch, a slew of nonsense. And they're happy to share the brain cell and the personality, but they will fight over the Scooby snacks. Yes, they do not share a stomach. <laughs> okay, next is Velma. I mean, she's a Ravenclaw. She's a Ravenclaw. Like she's got. They're not. You know, it was this show was made in the '60s originally. Yeah. They're not the most nuanced characters. No, they're different versions of the media. Sort of flesh them out a little bit differently and give them sometimes motivations and whatnot. Yeah, I think she works in the bookshop in Zombie Island. Bookshop. She works in a bookshop and she's selling books because she thought that she would love it because she loves a mystery and blah blah blah. But she's super bored because they're not real mysteries. She likes to. She is. She is adventurous. It's more that she's interested in going out and finding the answers and, yeah. and getting into the things. Like some some pieces of media sort of flesh that out a little bit more yeah. than others. But yeah. I, she's she's Ravenclaw. Yeah. We might have slightly more longer conversation though about Daphne. Yes. Daphne Blake. Yes. Who's awesome. Yes. And probably has the widest range of personality. Yeah. Like, depending on the media, she's a lot different sometimes. So with Velma being the geek, that mm -hmm. leaves Daphne to be the girly girl. Jeepers. <laughs> um, uh, everyone has a catchphrase. Except for Fred. Oh, we didn't even say Shaggy Zoinks. Zoinks. Like Zoinks, Scoob. Ruh-oh, Waggy. <laughs> Ruh-oh. Zoinks. Jinkies. Jeepers. Fuck. <laughs> Let Fred say fuck. Let Fred say fuck. <laughs> Fred deserves to say fuck. We're not even on Fred. We're not talking about Fred. We're talking about Daphne. Daphne. So Daphne is infinitely more interesting yeah. than Fred. Originally, she's she's often I was going to say often the damsel in distress. Yes, that was kind of like her typecast role, especially early on. Yeah, I know that she like taken by the villains. The, she's used as bait. Bunch, yeah, probably. yeah. And like so, like the live action movie called that out. She was used in, as bait at the beginning of it, and then she said she's sick and tired of it. And then she goes and fucking learns karate and yeah. martial arts and shit. Yeah, because she's Sarah Michelle Gellar, and they're like so good. Like some some animated versions keep that aspect yeah. to her too. Like have her be a badass, they're which like, I love. Yeah, they're just like we cast Sarah Michelle Gellar for this, who's fresh off the set from Buffy. I guess she's just gonna beat up a luchador. Yeah. And it's great. It's great. Scoob identifies her as the empath, which I don't dislike. No. Yeah. It again, depending on the media, that that's a valid reading. Yeah. It said so Fred's the muscle, which isn't true. <laughs> Fred's got the van. That's it. He's the man with the plan. The plan is split up and look for clues. Okay. So here's the thing with Daphne. Yeah. I want to say Slytherin. Ooh. Because she's been like reimagined so often, mm -hmm. you could probably make a case for most houses Depending yeah. on when yeah. you're thinking you of. pull examples from whichever version of Daphne you want to talk about. And I think you're, I think a big part of why you're thinking Slytherin is because the version you know best is the 90s home movie videos. Probably. What version. Yes. Where, yeah, absolutely. Where she's a TV reporter and yeah. she's, you know, trying to get the scoop to for her audiences and stuff. And yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. Daphne is different all the time. Yeah. Live action Daphne. I think there's a strong case for Gryffindor. Absolutely. And in fact, I think in general, with like her being so willing to go into the, like, be used as bait and everything. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. I want Scooby and Shaggy aside because they're the same person. I want all of the houses represented. <laughs> and I feel like Fred is a Gryffindor. We're not there yet. Spoilers. Sorry. Oh, man. I don't. Okay. Mm, um, mm, do you want to mm, mm, come mm. back to Daphne? Do you want me to Maybe talk about we Fred need to for... come back to Daphne. Okay. Let's talk about Fred Jones. Let's talk about Fred real quick. 
Fred, Freddy, Fred, Fred, Fred. There are two ways to look at Fred. Fred is either, as Scoob puts forward, the muscle. Um, you know, the bulky idiot who has a car and just... When has he ever been the muscle? I don't know. I do appreciate him in the live-action movies where he's just... I was about to say himbo, but is he a himbo? No. No, because he doesn't really respect women all that much. No. He's kind of a jerk. Yeah. Again, depending on the version. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He likes to plan. Yeah. And that's, that's what I wanted to get to, is he is, you could say, cunning and crafty. Creative and thoughtful. That as well. But, like, the, the plans that he concocts are just nonsense bullshit. I'm thinking about, like, the original cartoon, where his plans were, like, <laughs> Scooby and Shaggy, lure the monster down this flight of stairs, and then after you pass, we'll put a string over the door so that the monster trips, falls into this wash bucket, and then... Uh, we'll cover them with soap and tie them up with this weird machine that happens to be here. Now you say bullshit. Mm -hmm. Did they not work every time? They did work every time. They shouldn't have ever worked. The thing you're forgetting is, it was a Hanna-Barbera cartoon <laughs> in the 1960s. Yeah. Fred, Fred could be considered crafty. Cunning. Hmm. Just because of the time when it came out, I listened to the DVD commentary of the live-action Scooby-Doo movie a lot as a kid. <laughs> I used to really enjoy listening to DVD commentaries a lot. Yeah. And that was one of them because at the cast and everything. And there's a bit there's a bit where like Fred's been knocked through a wall uh -huh. and then Velma's calling after him, Freddy. And then like he sat there thinking like, oh no, she ruined the scene. We'll have to do that take again. Because he's just like, she used my real name instead of my character name <laughs> because it's Freddy Prince Jr. Yeah. And it's just like, no, that's, I'm just calling you a nickname for Fred. Yeah. My other favorite thing about the live action movie is that Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar got together because of it and got married and they're cute and happy. Yeah. Are they still together? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. I didn't know that. They're delightful. Yeah, because that's the thing. They don't, like, put themselves out in the spotlight. They're just chilling. Yeah. They're not, like, trying to get on every magazine cover. Yeah. Fred and Daphne got married uh, and are just living their life. I tried Googling Freddie Prince Jr. and it automatically added Scooby-Doo to the end of the, <laughs> the search. The thing with Fred is Gryffindor is is very clearly there. Mm -hmm. Kind of the obvious answer. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you could make a case for Slytherin, but I don't know if that's the right case to make. Again, it just depends on which version. So I think we need to... net Like, Shaggy is the same character always. Yes. As a Scooby. And Velma... Velma mostly. Pretty much. I think yeah. she's, at, she's, she's gained a lot of sass over the years. Yes. Like, early on, she was just the smart one. Yeah. And then, that, like, starting in the 90s, she gained that sass to mm -hmm. call out the bullshit because she knows it's all bullshit, but then it's not bullshit. Yeah. But, yeah, Fred and, Fred and Daphne are kind of all over the map. Yeah. Who is the definitive Daphne? Who is the definitive Fred? Do we need to go back to a pup named Scooby-Doo? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can tell you right now, that's not the definitive version of anything. Velma's design is hella cute. Oh, yeah, absolutely. With, like... Glasses where each lens is the size of her head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. Velma's always cute. <laughs> Velma <Yeah>. is cute. <laughs> End of statement. <laughs> Fred uh -huh. is leader. Yes. One thing that's always true is he's the leader. Yes. So I'm going to say Gryffindor. Okay. I want to come down on Gryffindor based on okay. leader. Okay. Yeah. If you want sure. to pick a definitive trait for him, that would be it. I like that. What would Daphne's definitive trait be? Jeepers! <laughs> Definitively Jeepers. Uh-huh, and what house is Jeepers? Jeepers. Jeepers Creepers. Creepy Slytherin. 
I also I wanted to say Slytherin for Daphne, so I'm not gonna argue too much. But so, that is bullshit. <laughs> that's bu- sorry, sorry. Do you think the argument I just made is bullshit? Jeepers, creepers, creepers, and Slytherin. So to be clear, you think the argument I just made is bullshit? Uh-huh. Hello and welcome to Sorted. <laughs> we usually put at least some effort into the. We had a discussion about Daphne. Yeah. I just needed somewhere to come down. Sure. It's fine. I No, like I said, I agree. She's I like... a TV producer. She went out and learned martial arts so that she could be awesome and She's fight. She's very ambitious. Ambitious. I like Daphne as a Slytherin. Yeah. Which gives, like, the four human one for each of the house. Yeah. And all dogs are helpful puffs, so Scooby's obviously a Hufflepuff. Dang, we didn't even mention that when we talked about Scooby. We didn't need to. He's obviously a Hufflepuff. I mean, yeah, his personality is pure Hufflepuff, and then he's Hufflepuff. Yeah. So, it's Scoob time. It's Scoob time. The part of the podcast where we talk about Scoob. <laughs> That's going to be a segment on every episode of the show from now yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Every, d- every episode, we're like, all right, we, we take a moment to talk about Scoob. Yeah, you know, next week we might be sorting She-Ra. Uh-huh. And then we'll have, we'll have a break for Scoob time. Yes. Because there's a lot to unpack from Scoob. So we'll just do it little by little. Yeah. Where do we start? I don't know. I love the background gags. There were a lot. Like, there's so many random little references. Like, you can see Casey thrown everywhere, like Casey Kasem, the original voice of Shaggy. Yeah. Uh, like, there was a Hex Girls poster. There was poster. a Hex Girls poster. Messick Mountain is where, like, oh, is yeah, where they yeah, fly yeah. to. Just bring the Hex Girls back, please, <laughs> into my life. Just just get the Hex Girls. Just release an album. Maybe one animated music video. There's a scene at the end where a DJ shows up, and it blew my mind that it wasn't the Hex Girls. Yeah. But it could have been a few options, because here's the thing. They're trying to launch a Hanna-Barbera cinematic univore. 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 No. They're trying to launch a Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe on the basis of this film, which is insane. That does seem like what they're trying to do. It's 100% what they're trying to do. It's bonkers. So they start out normal, and they, they, they do the thing where they meet as kids, and then they do a very cute scene that recreates the original intro to the show. I liked that a lot. Which is very good. That was very fun. And then they're teenagers... And then suddenly, it's no longer a Scooby-Doo movie. Simon Cowell shows up and says, I want to give you money, but you got to get rid of Shaggy and Scooby. And then Shaggy and Scooby go off on their own. Towards the end of the movie, Dick Dastardly, who's the the main Dick villain. Dick Dastardly! Who is the main villain of this movie, has been captured, etc., blah, blah, blah. And they're like, wait a minute. And they pull his Shaggy, mask off. Shaggy just runs up to him. No, like, no, no build up. No. Just out of nowhere. So much of this movie, there's no build up. It's just like, here's some stuff that's happening. And they just, they pull off. They pull off a mask and underneath Dick Dastardly's face is Simon Cowell. Uh, we had to pause the movie at this point. <laughs> Alex broke. Because I was in hysterics. You were broken. I was broken. I was crying. <laughs> it was something. But then... Yeah, pa- then know. Velma's just like, wait a minute, that- how could Simon Cowell have time to do this nefarious plan and also judge America's favorite singing competition? Yeah, so they unmask him again and it was actually Dick Dastardly under the under Simon Cowell, which begs the question, was the original Simon Cowell that they met in the first chunk of the, the movie of the film. actually Dick Dastardly? So Dick Dastardly uses several disguises throughout the film as well, mm-hmm. supporting that. And so the plot kicks off because well, Simon Cowell shows up and says that Shaggy and Scooby have got to leave. And then they go off on their own because they think that the other guys are going to carry on without them or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they're isolated. And then Dick Dastardly attacks them. Yeah. And they're only isolated because of the conversation they had with Simon Cowell. Yeah. Was that just Dick Dastardly in disguise the whole time? I think so. Also, in real life, 
Is Simon Cowell actually just dick dastardly in disguise the whole time? Also, yes. So, now we've confirmed that reality is part of the, the Scooby-Doo, <laughs> the Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe. That's, well, yeah, so, Simon Cowell exists in reality. Simon Cowell exists in Scoob. Therefore, Scoob exists in reality. Also, Simon Cowell exists in Shrek. Simon Cowell's in Shrek, so Shrek exists in the Scoob world. And in reality. Yeah, Blue Falcon is also a major character in this, which is fine because Blue Falcon and Dynamut were originally introduced in the original one of the original Scooby-Doo shows. But mm-hmm. Blue Falcon has also shown up in Dexter's Lab and Johnny Bravo. There was a Scooby-Doo crossover with Johnny Bravo also. Oh, fuck. You're right. Remember, there's, there's a really good bit yeah, where yeah. Velma loses her glasses and she's like, I can't see without my glasses. And Johnny's and then, like, my I, glasses. I can't be seen without my glasses. It's so good. So at the end... Like, there's a band, and it's just Blue Falcon. I'm just like, how is that not Hex Girls? Or Josie and the Pussycats? Captain Caveman is in this film as well. <laughs> Captain, Caveman. Captain Caveman just shows up, voiced by Tracy Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> and then, the, so at the end, like, a band shows up, but it's Blue Falcon. I'm just like, how is that not it's either just, the Hex Girls? It's not or... a band. It's just Blue Falcon being a DJ. Sure, okay. But how is it not either the Hex Girls or Josie and the Pussycats? Because... Josie and the Pussycats had a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Josie and the Pussycats are also in Riverdale, which means Riverdale and Scooby-Doo are set in the same universe. Uh-huh. Riverdale and Shrek are set in the same universe. Uh-huh. As is Futurama. Uh-huh. As is this universe that we're in. Yes. This is the Scooby-Doo universe. Uh-huh. The Scooby-Doo-niverse, the if you will. The Scooby-Doo-niverse. We all live in a Scooby-Doo-niverse. This is a lot. This is a lot to take in. Anyway, Blue Falcon and, like, Blue Falcon... And Dynamut and their pilot, who is Dee Dee Skies, who was a pre- originally a Captain Caveman character, are some of the main characters in this film. Mm-hmm. We didn't even get to hell. <laughs> so Dick Dastardly is trying to capture Scooby because Scooby-Doo is the last descendant of... Alexander the Great's dog? Yeah, I forget the dog's name, but Alexander the Great's dog. And he needs Alexander the Great's dog to open the gates of hell because he accidentally sent Muttley through a portal to hell and he needs to get Muttley back. And then they open the gates to hell and Cerberus comes out. Uh-huh. And then... To reseal the gates of hell, it, they need both the dog who opened the gate and the dog's best friend. Naturally, who doesn't yep. necessarily need to be a descendant of Caesar, unlike the dog, I guess. Alexander the Great. Sorry. It would have been, like, sorry, like, they build up this whole thing, the whole film, of, like, Scooby's so important and Shaggy feels left out. It would have been so great if at the end they revealed that actually Shaggy is descended from Alexander the Great. That would have been even more wild than what actually happened. Uh, I don't know if that's possible. Yeah. Anyway, to reseal the gates, uh, one of them needs to stay behind? As in, like, there needs to be someone on both sides of the gates. So someone has to stay in hell. And Scooby's like, yeah, I'll go. Which, I mean, the McElroy's pointed this out. Yeah. He is a dog. Who's over 10 years old. Yeah. Like, that's... It's not... And Shaggy's, like, 19. Uh-huh. But Shaggy sacrifices himself for Scooby-Doo and goes to hell and gets trapped in hell. I mean, obviously, they undo it, like, 30 seconds later. Without, like, any any build-up or any warning. No. It's just like, oh, also, here's a magic statue that appeared, and if you say the words written on it... Because which... why would they split up best friends? Yeah. What the fuck? It came out of nowhere. There was significantly more dramatic tension for Fred mourning the mystery machine. Yeah. Yeah. This, it's just, it's so wild. Like, there is, <laughs> there's, like, no build-up. There's no suspense. It's just kind of, like, here's some stuff. We're just gonna throw some stuff at you. Uh, here you go. It's, it's, it's just wild. 
Scooby Dooby Doo, where are you? We got some. <sighs> I think we need to get over this. We need to move on. Yeah, we'll talk about it more next week. <laughs> yeah, in when it's time for Scoob. Yeah. In our new segment, it's time for Scoob. Uh huh. Which I also I love that as the name of the segment. Just it's time for Scoob. It's time for Scoob. What's cool about Scooby Doo is that like it's gone on for so long and it's had so many different iterations, but there are two standout iconic theme songs like the original is obviously a classic yeah yeah but yeah. what's new scooby-doo what's new scooby-doo is so good such a jam what's new scooby-doo we're coming after you we're, we're gonna, gonna solve, solve that, that mystery remember the time simple plan gave us a bop of a scooby-doo intro i think it's time it's time it's time for the lightning bolt round <laughs> oh yeah we're all swish now put in a sound effect. <laughs> there are a wide variety of Scooby-Doo characters that we are going to sort in the lightning round. First off, Scrappy-Doo. Scrappy Dappy-Doo. Oh, I almost feel like he should have been in the main characters list. Scrappy-Doo is Scooby's nephew who like appeared in one of the shows, whatever, one of the Scooby-Doo shows somewhere. and was widely hated, I guess. Ta-da, ta-da, puppy power! He has a very annoying voice. So then he showed up as the main villain in the live-action movie, which is incredible. And it's very good. He disguises himself as Rowan Atkinson in a robot suit, and they take off the mask, they can have an unmasking thing, and it's Scrappy-Doo, but then he absorbs some alien hey, hey. monster spirits. What are we doing after this? I don't know. Can we watch the live-action Scooby-Doo? Probably. Okay. Uh, Scrappy, Scrappy likes to fight. Uh-huh. I, uh, I think he's a Gryffindor. Uh-huh. But there's definitely a case for Slytherin. Sure, 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 sure. But I'm going to go Gryffindor. Okay. Up next is Scooby-Dumb. <laughs> Scooby-Dumb is Scooby-Doo's cousin? Usually. Sometimes brother. Okay. Because the way cousins work is you have the same first name, <laughs> but a different surname. <laughs> but your nephew has a different first name and the same surname. Scooby-Dumb <laughs> is Scooby-Doo, but dumb. Kind of, more or less. He has a significantly less personality and doesn't show up nearly as much as, like, Scrappy. But yeah. What house is he? Hufflepuff. Probably. <laughs> Tell me about Vincent Van Gogh. Vincent Van Gogh is literally just Vincent Price. Uh-huh. So he only appears in The 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo and then the movie Scooby-Doo and the 13th Ghost. And, like... He originally trapped the ghosts, I believe, and then Scooby and Shaggy accidentally freed them, so they have to go and save, stop, recapture the ghosts, and he gives them a crystal ball so he can contact them. And he's kind of a dick, but to be fair, they did free these 13 ghosts that he captured. Uh, I'm going to give him Slytherin. Okay. No, Ravenclaw. Oh. Ravenclaw. Okay. I'm jealous that you get this one, but tell me about the Hex Girls. Well, I got, I get the Hex Girls because you've got to have the next one because I don't know anything about it. Valid. Do. The Valid. Hex Girls are a band who first appeared in Scooby-Doo Scooby and the Witch's Ghost. Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost, but have reappeared quite a lot since then. Like, yeah. They've been in a few more movies. They, they showed up in a few series. So they're a band, Thorn, Luna, and Dust. They're originally suspected of being the villains. Yeah, because they've got witchy vibes. Yeah, they got witchy vibes, and but they're creative. They make music. I'm going to put them in Ravenclaw. Okay. I mean, they're different people. I would say that the lead one is a Slytherin, the other one is a Ravenclaw, and the third one is a Hufflepuff. But... Okay. We can do that. I kind of put them all together because I felt like they probably didn't get enough individual development. Probably not, but I'm a you know diehard Hex Girls fan, so if I we would put, know this. If they, we had to put them all in one house, does Ravenclaw seem like it fits for that? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Up next is Hot Dog Water. <laughs> what? What is Hot Dog Water? Hot Dog Water is basically a second Velma. She's voiced by Velma's live action 
Linda Cardellini? Yes. In... Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated? Yes. <laughs> Where they added, like, a bizarre level of plot. Yeah, there's a lot of plot in Mystery Incorporated. Like, I know there's recurring characters in that. We could probably do that show entirely separately mm-hmm. if I'd seen it. Hot Dog Water is basically, like, a second Velma. She's Velma. Velma was super weird, lived in an abandoned amusement park. She's they... older bathed in hot dog water and didn't have any friends. No, I think she's the same age as them. Okay. I think she goes to school with them. Isn't she kind of like a hacktivist type? Uh, I forget, honestly. Okay. She's also a Ravenclaw, though. Yeah. Depending on your reading of it, her and Velma may or may not be in love. (laughs) Well, depending on your reading of it, Velma's in love with a lot of people. Yeah. Daphne, Shaggy, maybe Fred, I don't know. Eh. Scooby? Probably not. I hope not. (laughs) Is she in love with the next character? Does she ever meet the next character? Well, who is the next character? Googie. Googie? No, she doesn't meet Googie. Because <laughs> Googie only appears in Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf. <laughs> For some reason, they needed Shaggy to have a girlfriend. And they didn't want Velma, Fred, or Daphne to appear. So Googie's in that one as his girlfriend who helps him in the race, I think. Uh-huh. I don't know anything about her. I'm pretty sure she encourages Shaggy to like actually do stuff, though. Like She's the only reason that anyone does anything in the plot. So I'm going to say Gryffindor. Okay. Up next is Blue Falcon. All right. There are currently now two versions of Blue Falcon. Yes, there's the classic Blue Falcon who's like a competent superhero, and now there's his son, Brian. Yeah, I don't know very much about the original Blue Falcon. Probably a Gryffindor. Basically Batman. Sure, probably a Gryffindor. Maybe a Ravenclaw, because Batman's a Ravenclaw, but possibly also just Gryffindor, because superhero generic. However, in Scoob, there is a new Blue Falcon. Brian. Brian, who is the original Blue Falcon's son, who's like taken over the mantle. He's a self-entitled douche nozzle. Yeah. At first. Yeah, he. I mean, he's under a lot of pressure, he's, and he sort he, of... He's more interested in the trappings of being a superhero and, like, the fame from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although he does want his hero moment. He wants to prove himself. Yeah. Like, he, he wants to be admired the way that his dad is. He wants to be admired for being a hero, but he hasn't quite figured out how to do that himself. Um, I'm gonna say Slytherin. Okay, sure. Uh, because he does want that fame and attention. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's ambitious and a little bit self-centered. Sure. Uh, tell me about Dynomutt. Dynomutt is Blue Falcon's partner psychic? I don't know. They originally appeared together in a segment on one of the Scooby-Doo shows and Dynamut was the title character but I think he was always supposed to be a sidekick. Mm. I think it's the same Dynamut that worked with both versions of Blue Falcon. I believe so. But originally Dynamut was kind of a bumbling goofball and now has become Chang among other things. <laughs> A very serious, like, stoic character because Brian is mucking around and he's yeah. become a very competent robot dog superhero. Uh-huh. And he's cool. He's got a short temper, especially with Brian. Sure, sure, sure. Not a lot of patience. No, he's very, very focused on getting the job done. I think he's slithering in, a, like, the other sort of in end the, of the, the scale. The to, other, other side? Yeah. He just wants I to like do that. what he needs to do. Um, I should point out, whoever was behind making Scoob clearly just wanted a Dynamut movie. Yeah, pretty much. They, they wanted a Dynamut movie, but clearly could not pitch a Dynamut movie because no one would watch that. So they had to veil it as a Scooby-Doo movie. He is far more important to what's going on. Yeah. It, it really is just, like, a Dynamut movie, but... For some reason, Scooby-Doo is here because he's the descendant of Alexander the Great's dog. Yep, and Dynamut works with Dee Dee Skies. Yeah, who you said was originally from Captain Caveman? Yep, <laughs> because they just wanted to cram in as many Hanna-Barbera characters as they could get away with. I mean, 
Captain Caveman shows up in Scoob. I know, and it's kind of weird and random and arbitrary. It's wild. I was kind of expecting, like, Dee Dee at the end to be like, actually, I'm going to stay here with Captain Caveman. Screw you, Blue yeah. Falcon. I don't know really anything about her original character. Oh, forget the original. No, I don't know nothing about that either. Okay, so we're just going to talk about the Scoob Dee Dee's guys. Yes. Who is a Ravenclaw? Sure. Uh, she's the pilot of the ship. She seems very... Competent. Yes. Yeah. Very realistic, down to earth. Uh, tell me about Captain Caveman, since so, we were talking about him. Yep, Captain Caveman. Again, I don't know much about the original, but I don't think this version is too dif- dissimilar. Maybe, a, probably a little bit. He was, he was probably goofier originally. Here he's presented as like the leader of this group of people who live inside a volcano, is it? Deep underground at Deep the North Pole? underground at the North Pole in a volcano island where there's pterodactyls and they all have really long hair that covers their bodies. But they speak English and like surprise that other people speak English. I don't know, man. And he likes to fight and protect, but he's friendly. He's friendly, but he will protect. He's Gryffindor. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that whole um, suddenly Captain Caveman is here came out of nowhere. It's just like one minute, like, okay, yeah, we got to go get the MacGuffin thing or whatever. And then, oh, now we're in we're in sort of another world that's been buried inside yeah, of the like Earth. Yeah, like an isolated... Where, where dinosaurs still exist and Captain Caveman is here. Yep. It just... It's wild. It's just nothing. It goes from nothing to that. And then they leave and, like, they don't bring Captain Caveman with them or anything. No. <laughs> Although in the post, in, like, the credits, they show, like, flashes forward and he's mm. joined Falcon Force as a part of their team. Which is wild. Along with Grey Pape. <laughs> Who doesn't actually make an appearance in the movie. Nope. Unlike... Motherfucking Dick Dastardly. Okay, so Dick Dastardly is a Slytherin. Obviously. He's generic villain, villain face. Although in this movie, they did give him not a... A motive that's not just true generic villain McVillain face. Yeah, no, to be fair. He wants to save his dog who he loves. Yeah. Not that he would ever admit that he loves his dog. And apart from to his do- what he believes is his dog's corpse. Yes, but still Slytherin. Yeah. Like he doesn't care any about anyone except himself and Muttley. Also, we do know enough about classic Dick Dastardly to sort him. Yes. And he's obviously Slytherin because all he ever wants to do is just I don't know, win races or catch pigeons. <laughs> Muttley is Dick Dastardly's dog who he sent on a mission to hell to steal the gold of Alexander the Great. That is a canon plot point in this Scooby-Doo movie. Yes. I'm conflicted. Because mm-hmm. on one hand, he's, you know, he's Dick Dastardly's psychic who works alongside him in every conceivable way and does yes. what he wants and has that maniacal chuckle. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, he's a dog. And all dogs are Hufflepuff. All dogs are Hufflepuff. Here's the thing, though. Is Muttley a dog? What? Look at him. Uh-huh. Is that a dog? I don't know. Is it not? What is it? I don't know. Okay, well, there's a Slytherin and we're going to move on now because I don't want to think about it anymore. <laughs> Tell me about Simon Cowell. <laughs> fun fact. Fun fact. Simon Cowell is officially the first person to appear on multiple lists of Sorted. <laughs> Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell. The crossover character that ties everything together. <laughs> the real world, Shrek, <laughs> and Scoob. Um, Shrek Simon is, Cowell is a Slytherin. And Shrek is canon with reality. Of course, some people won't understand that because not everyone has seen Shrek. Everyone's seen Shrek. One in 19! Everyone's seen Shrek. One in 19. We'll put up another poll. One in 19. We got... It, times have changed. Anyway, that, I added one that, more character to That this. one in 19 have now seen Shrek. I, added, I guarantee it. I had another character. Tell me about Cerberus. Cerberus is the final villain-ish of the fi- film. You know, he's, he's Cerberus. He's the a- mythical three-headed dog that guards hell. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, he's, he's, he, you know, he's a dog, so it's not like he's, like, deliberately being evil or anything. He's but He's being a good dog. He's trying to guard hell. He's doing his job. And also he's trying to bring more souls to hell. He's a dog. He's a good dog. All dogs are Hufflepuff. All dogs are Cerberus Hufflepuff. is a Hufflepuff. Cerberus is a Hufflepuff. All hail Cerberus, guardian of hell. Is Fluffy a Hufflepuff? This is a yeah. not a Harry Potter podcast. And Fluffy is a Cerberus. Yeah. Yeah. Of course he is. Yeah. Good. Fluffy's also a good dog. Cerberus's right head is particularly Hufflepuff. I know the one you mean. That's the one who's got his tongue hanging out the whole time. Yeah. Because he's a He's a good doggo. And that's Scooby-Doo sorted, I think. <laughs> a 20-minute discussion about Simon Cowell followed by Cerberus. That's Scooby-Doo! <laughs> Scooby-Dooby-Doo, where are you? What the fuck is happening? <laughs> Watch Scoob. I don't, oh, and the WWE is canon with Scoob. Uh-huh, yes. Because... Yes. Y- yep. Yeah. And Batman. And Batman. We mentioned the Harlem Globetrotters. And that means... Oh, that means that Scoob... Dick Van Dyke. What? Dick Van Dyke. What about him? He shows up in Scooby-Doo sometimes. Does he? Uh-huh. When? On the old ones. Does he? Yeah. You can't just... You can't just say that and be like, yeah, that's just a thing. Like, give me a fucking example. Um, that one episode of Scooby-Doo with Dick Van Dyke. He's what? a well-known celebrity who happens to own a carnival. <laughs> <laughs> and then WWE is also in Surf's Up. The, se- the sequel to Surf's Up, which means Scooby-Doo is canon with Surf's Up. And Supernatural, obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was an episode of Supernatural which just featured the Scooby-Doo gang. Uh-huh. In conclusion, Scooby-Doo is everything. Welcome to the Scooby-Dooniverse. You didn't know it, but we all live in the Scooby-Dooniverse. Alright, now that we've talked about Scoob, just real quick. Oh. Oh no! My glasses! I can't see without my glasses! I've lost my glasses! Oh no! Looks like you need a new pair! Oh no! Uh, yay? What? It is yay, because with iBuyDirect, you can get a new pair of glasses for real cheap. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Please, tell me more. iBuyDirect are an online eyewear retailer that manufactures their own line of fashionable frames at affordable prices. I'm trying to read it, but I don't have glasses. It's okay, I'll help, because I have mine from iBuyDirect. Oh! Frames range from 6 to $70 and can be customized with a large variety of high-quality lenses. Uh, I think my average pair of glasses from iBuyDirect costs about $12 because I like to buy multiple pairs so that I can switch up my style as I want. But glasses can be very expensive, Alex. Mm-hmm. Are they affordable? Yeah! Wait, no, you just said this. <laughs> I just said this! The most expensive pair of glasses that I've bought on iBuyDirect, I think, were $30. 6 to $70 is a lot better price than many places where you'd buy glasses. But do they have any special offers? Oh, yeah. Like, all the time. For example, here's a current ad that you could use. You can get 30% off orders of $65 or more with code TAN30, tan three zero until the end of June. Customers can also get 30% off glasses with transitions lenses, which is great moving into the summer. Yeah. They've also got blue light glasses, if yeah. you spend a lot of time looking at screens like we do. Yeah, yeah, real talk, like dropping the bit for a moment. I really need to go get some of those blue light glasses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're having a sale. Let's get some glasses. Yeah. And if you are planning on buying a new pair of glasses from iBuyDirect and want to help us out in the process, there is a link you can follow in the podcast description that will help us benefit us with things. It's a referral link. 
I don't know how to talk. Stop staring at me. Check out the referral link in the description of the podcast. Yes. That's all it had to be. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to Sorted. And thank you to the Pocket Podcast Network for hosting us. You can find other cool shows on the network, such as... A new show, Cult Classics, which, as of recording, hasn't released an episode yet, but I'm hoping that one will be up soon because I really want to listen to it. What is Cult Classics? It's a podcast about horse movies and making horse movies. Maybe bad horse movies? Bad horse movies. Bad horse. Bad bad horse. horse, Bad horse. horse. He's He's bad. bad. Probably not usually movies about bad horse, but maybe. Maybe. You'll have to go and listen to find out. Time will tell. There's also... Green Mountain Mysteries, Ghoul Tank, Steampunks, No Dice, Them's the Facts, Home Viewing, Simultaneous Catch. Thank you to Matt Majakamo of the Wampum Willows for the theme song, the House of Awesome theme song. And if you agree or disagree with our sorting, you can find us on Twitter at SortedPod. You can also find us both individually. I'm at Codename JD. And I'm at Pichu, P T C H E W. And tweet, while you're there, tweet at us your. Tweet at us. Your favorite extension of the Scooby-Doo universe. Sure, sure. Tweet us your favorite Scooby-Doo villain. Tweet us your favorite Scooby-Doo villain. The Creeper. Pterodactyl Ghost. The Black Knight. Mm. (laughs) Scrappy-Doo. What's the one? Ben Ravencroft. Ooh. Uh, What is the cat people's names? Werewolf people. They're cats. Werecat people. It's Lena and... Zombies. The zombies were the good guys. At least in that version. Captain Cutler. Bye! That one with the clown? Bye. Bye. Start a new house and it's called awesome. Start a new house. It's called awesome. Start a new house and it's called awesome. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket. Hi, I'm Brittany, and I have a bachelor's degree in film and television. And I'm Jessica, and I have a bachelor's degree in equine studies. What would happen if we put our heads together? We would come up with the new best worst horse movie. Like a movie where a horse is the best hard-boiled detective the city has ever seen. Or a movie where horses are fighting in the front lines in a space war. We're doing just that here at Colt Classics, a new show on the Pocket Podcast Network. Join us every other Monday for good horses, bad plots, and all the bad horse movies you never knew you needed in your life.